This episode of Let's Talk Mate is brought to you by Novatech. Thank you to Novatech for sponsoring the show and helping to support men's mental health. Hello and welcome to this very special Christmas episode of Let's Talk Mate, the Solent Mind Men's Mental Health Podcast. My name is Lachlan and I'll be your host today. If this is your first time listening, we are all about getting men talking about mental health. Each month, we bring men together for a chat about a different topic relating to men's mental health. And this month, we're going to be talking about loneliness. Thanks, as always, to our lovely sponsors, Novatech, the suppliers for all your computer and information technology needs. And before I introduce our guests, we'd like to let you know about some great resources and support that are out there for anyone who may be struggling with their mental health this Christmas, regardless of your gender. Firstly, Solent Mind have a support line that can be reached on 02380 179049. That's 02380 179049. Standard opening times are 9 till 7 on weekdays and 10 till 2 on weekends. Our wellbeing experts can offer bite sized support and information and help you find the right service for any issue that might be affecting your mental well being. Secondly, the Samaritans can be reached on 116123. They're not just a crisis helpline, they're a listening service that can help you talk through anything at all, and calls to this number will not appear on your phone bill. Finally, your local GP is also an excellent starting point for information and referrals to a variety of services and for advice about medication. We'd also like to add a brief content warning, as some of the discussion today may touch on themes of suicide or eating disorders. So if you think that you might be negatively affected by listening at this moment, please prioritise your own well-being and stop listening now. With all of that said, I'd now like to introduce our guests. From the Solent Mind Community Peer Recovery Team, I'm delighted to be joined today by Rob Emi. How are you today, Rob? Hi, I'm good, thank you. We've also got Dan Warren-Holland in the room, so to speak. How are you, Dan? Hello, Lachlan. That was a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, Yeah, I've had, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull any punches. I've had a real tough few weeks. I've been struggling a lot with my own kind of mental health and anxiety recently. I think it's the time of year. I often, often do go a bit down, a bit anxious and get a bit depressed, like come the winter. Um, I invested in a sad lamp. Well, like my wife invested in a sad lamp. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure I'm behind it. If you're listening to this, you can't see me. But yeah, um, so I'm trying that out at the moment. I'm trying to help with that. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not doing bad at the moment. I've had, I was just about holding on to things, to be honest. Um, I was just about holding on to like my own well-being. And then my cat got unwell and that just threw me right off a cliff of my anxiety. But the cat's getting better. She's on lots of tablets and antibiotics and all sorts. So she's improving now. Um, so yeah it's, it's just been a tough month to be honest I think it's the change of seasons it never does me any good at all um, but yeah I'm not getting there from talking to people about it that's what we've got to do you've got to be open and talk it makes things so much lighter when it's out of your own head and out in the ether in the atmosphere somewhere Best definitely definitely I really empathise with that I always struggle with the season hmm. it's the lower light levels um, you know, I, I find that it's much harder to get outside, struggling mm. to motivate myself to exercise and do all the things that I know I should be doing for my own mental well-being. And then you, you also kind of beat yourself up a bit because you know you yeah. should be doing it. And you're like, ah, oh. yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, there's always things that we know we can do. Mm. I was lying in bed last night, not feeling particularly great. Um, so I put a mindfulness video on YouTube for 10 minutes and I felt so much better yeah. after that. All that tension and all that stress just seemed to melt away a little bit so that really helped me but how are you doing mate you've asked us how are you yeah yeah I'm, I'm good well like I say it's always always a bit of a struggle this time of year but yeah in general kind of ticking along okay um first time hosting a podcast so this is a, a brand new exciting experience a little <laughs> so bit nerve-wracking so so but far, uh, so good, yeah so far so good hopefully mm-hmm. um it was very Rob, weird to get back on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing this in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after the live stream, which we did in person. Yeah, absolutely. Strange to be back on a on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. Rob, how, how have you been keeping recently? I've been doing okay. Um, it's a bit weird. Usually, it's around about this time of year that my mental health does take a dip. I think 
there's there's been a change in my personal circumstances which has meant I've got more support and I am generally kind of feeling yeah a lot better there's but yeah it's it's a weird one so I'm I'm kind of I'm feeling okay at the moment but I'm aware that you know I might still have a bit of a dip especially at the moment work is quite full on it's an interesting time of year where I'm just trying to get everything sorted before I go on leave um especially because I'm going to be potentially on holiday um well we'll wait and see about kind of if I'm allowed out of the country (laughs) (laughs) for the first week of January so I've got so yeah a lot of balls in the air at the moment just trying to get everything sorted in place there but yeah I'm, I'm it's so it's an odd one I'm feeling quite thankful actually because I know usually it will get to like beginning of December um especially the 6th which in previous years has been a particularly kind of a bit of a a bit bit of a trigger uh, for me that particular day and you know so I'm I'm feeling quite I'm thankful I'm feeling you know in a good place but I'm just yeah keeping an eye on things um I think it's just I guess as well it's just taking not taking it for granted when I am feeling in a in a good place but yeah yeah I'm sure the uh, seasonal stress will soon to will start to kick in soon as well <laughs> I find January can be a, a tough time at work um so it's it's almost sometimes that anticipation of things mm. that can also start to start to bear down around christmas i find yeah i can't stand january yeah. I always think every year i think to myself once you get through christmas that's the coldest months it's not january it's the not. coldest month yeah the year. we've got nothing yet wait this time in a month will be even colder i'll see yeah. you back in a little beanie hat lock and trying to keep warm yeah yeah well it's gone now started, to get my headphones you know. on but yeah uh, but yeah yeah yeah, there's always this time of year tricks me a bit because I think, right, I'll get from Christmas and then it'll start to get lighter out, but of course it doesn't until March. So, um, mm. but, but yeah, um, it's good to see you guys there. Yeah, it's so good to have you both on the call. Um, so uh, before we launch into our chat about loneliness in earnest, I think it might be helpful to start by pinning down what we mean by loneliness. So uh, with that in mind, we tend to see loneliness defined as a feeling that affects us when we find that the quality of our relationships is less than we would want. Um, does that does that ring true for you, Rob? I think so. It's. I think it's very. It can be easy to have that misconception that you know someone can say, "Oh, how can you be? How can someone be lonely? They've got all these people around them." And I think it does ring true for me, especially again, just kind of. Christmas historically for the past kind of 10 years or so has been some a time of year that I've really struggled with yeah and that's even when obviously last Christmas was a bit different I was only spent it with my, my a friend uh, my sort of sport bubble friend it was just two of us but you know obviously in previous obviously that's a bit it was a bit of a different one because of COVID but in previous years you know I'd at the very least I'd be spending it with family mm. uh with you know parents siblings sometimes my nephews you know I'd see my friends you know in the run-up to it but and those are all very positive relationships but I still felt incredibly you know lonely at Mm. points and and I don't think it's even a knock on the quality of your relationships necessarily you know Mm. very positive uh, relationships with my family and friends but if there's just something lacking and I think Christmas as well is a really, it really heightens that, those feelings because, you know, everything's about family and, you know, coming together and, yeah. I find, I find that Christmas massively escalates all of that. There's so much expectation and social pressure around Christmas, I think, Um, you know, maybe to play out this image of the ideal happy family, um, where everything's going going great um and and there's so many things around christmas that can put pressure on relationships without that anyway um yeah we know that a lot of people come under financial pressure you know there's a lot of pressure to spend money on you know big lavish meals and presents and decorating um going out for kind of work events and social events all this kind of stuff can can really play in um but i think you've you've really touched on an important point there as well which is um 
loneliness is different from isolation. So it's this thing yeah. that you can be surrounded by people, but still really feel intensely lonely. Definitely. I think, yeah. if, I think if there's something you feel that you, if you kind of feel maybe that, you know, you've got all these people around you, but maybe they don't quite understand what's going on for you, or you may struggle to talk to the, to certain people about, you know, what's going on for you. And, you know, especially with, you know, mental health, in terms of mental well-being it's yeah it's definitely and I think I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is like yeah you can have so many people around you physically on in your phone book you know or you know or people you talk to online but you can still be incredibly lonely definitely um Dan, anything anything to add? I'll bring you into the conversation yeah, no, there. <laughs> yeah, I kind of think that you've touched on some really good points. In you know, like being lonely isn't isn't physically always being around people doesn't make you that lo- doesn't mean that you don't feel lonely. I think yeah. I think you can feel alone in this world. You can feel very alone and be surrounded by people all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't feel people understand you or feel like you don't fit in. You're a bit of an outcast. You're not. I mean. Yeah especially this time of year, there's plenty of people on their own that don't even celebrate Christmas. And, yep. and, yeah. and you know, imagine it's a really, really tough time. And yeah, I think like you're saying about just the social pressures, the financial pressures, every Christmas film you watch is like you say about family, about coming together, about these big extravagant presents. I mean, I watched Home Alone the other day, the size of that kid's house for a start. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, you kind of think that, not that that puts pressure on me to buy a, a big house, but that's the expectation of Christmas is this perfectly decorated mansion of, of Christmas joy you're meant to live in um, with the perfect Christmas tree with like lights outside. There's, there's so much pressure to be able to, put on this uh, this show at this time of year which, yeah. which which is really difficult it's really challenging especially if you don't feel up to it or if you don't want to or don't want to take part in it mm-hmm. i mean even look at christmas adverts now i one of the supermarkets have got family full of carrots on an advert <laughs> i mean I, I don't know carrots could have families but if you're feeling alone at that point i can't imagine that's going to make you feel even more left out if it looks like the vegetables are about to be roasted or having a better Christmas than you are. It's not going <laughs> to, it's not going to sit well on you, is it? You know, I think no. it's, it's such a difficult time of year for people. Mm. Um, and especially for men, a lot of stuff in men in like male, especially lad culture is not, you know, even with some of my closest friends, I don't talk to them about how I feel. We just banter and like poke fun at each other for a few hours on whatsapp and that's and that's it it's not it's not real connection it's more it's, it's very surface level mm. yeah. yeah absolutely um so but prior prior to this chat i was looking through some of the statistics from a recent survey done by the government um called the community life survey you can you can find it online quite easily and uh, some really interesting stats there. I was just going to ask you if anything stands out for you. Um, so firstly, it looks like loneliness is really, really prevalent. I think maybe we don't expect it to be this widespread, but only 20% of people in England said that they never feel lonely, with 6% saying that they always or often feel lonely. And we know that different parts of the community, different groups within society are affected more and less um, by loneliness. So um, the survey suggested that loneliness is most prevalent among people at age 16 to 24, um, and also more prevalent among women than men. Although there were some quite interesting additional findings, um, both younger people and women were more likely to agree that they have support networks and regular contact with family and friends. So d- does anything there stand out for you? Um, maybe let's go go to Rob first. So, so my internet lagged a bit there, so okay. I, I kind of missed a few of the bits, so I'll do my best I can. Uh, in terms of, I think, you know, it, it, I think that does kind of, you know, that first that you go, it kind of it, it put out there, you know, we don't talk, you know, the majority of the majority of people obviously asked, yeah, we, we do all feel lonely at some point. We're not, it's not kind of spoken about as much. Mm. I think in terms of, I, uh, so this is where my uh, connection 
uh, crapped out a bit. Apologies. <laughs> uh, in terms, uh, but I did mention something in regards about the age differentials. Mm. And yeah, I think there's maybe people. I'm a bit, you know, I'm in my late 30s. I kind of have, I had this piece because in my head that maybe, you know, it's the older generations that struggle a bit, <laughs> you know, with with loneliness. So I think, but then, yeah, so maybe I that couldn't have stood out to me. I don't know why. Maybe I just, yeah, I just had that preconception in my head that mm. maybe kind of as you go up the age range, you know, people would struggle with that more. I think maybe I assume that's because, you know, the modern world, everyone's, you know, in their twenties or whatever is connected and on multiple social media things. But mm. I guess then as well, that's you know, it speaks to the fact that, you know, you can have all these connections, you could probably have about four or five social media accounts, a million, you know, a hundred followers on your Instagram account or whatever, but you can still feel that, you know, you can still feel that sense of loneliness and, you know, it might not necessarily, you know, feel very real. So, but I think, yeah, the, uh, I think, yeah, definitely the age differential there kind of stood out to me. Um, Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think we, we know that isolation is is a real issue for older people and older men, yeah. particularly. But I, I think you're onto something there. That this idea that that maybe um, although younger people are less isolated, they you know they have these connections, but they're not they're not that meaningful. They're not getting yeah. as much support um, and kind of fulfillment from those relationships as as maybe they could be. Exactly. Um, uh, it makes you wonder if maybe you know and again i'm going to sound really old and grumpy here but you know <laughs> the world, you know have those kind of connect every kind of maybe you know have people been substituting those genuine connect just substituting genuine connections for very more kind of tenuous kind of ones um yeah i know that probably does make me sound a bit like an old man but <laughs> <laughs> i think i think it's plausible though i think you're onto something um, Dan, um, did anything stand out there for you? Yeah, absolutely. Just thinking about some of the stats you've just kind of gone through with us. I think, yeah, and I'm going to sound like an old man now, Rob. I'm so much older <laughs> than you. I think especially at ages 16 to 24, it's in, um, especially in young men, I don't think you know who you are at that point. Mm. I think it's difficult to, because like you're saying, it's not about isolation. It's not about the amount of people around you. It's about how you feel in yourself, loneliness. And I think that that age of 16 to 24, you're already becoming an adult. You're already coming to that time where you're trying to work out what you're going to do with your life. Are you going to settle down and find a partner, have children? I think around that time, you're already discovering who you are. So I think I can only imagine thinking back to my much younger days or those years ago, that it must feel that that must feel quite lonely to not feel that you know where your place in the world is. And I think that because I'm at that age now where I don't really feel lonely, but I'm quite happy to spend time in my own company at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel lonely by doing that. Um, but I think I know myself pretty well. I think once you know yourself, once you understand who you are as a person, that that can help with loneliness because you because you've always got yourself to keep yourself company. That makes sense. Like, sound like I've got no friends at all, doesn't it? I do. <laughs> I do have friends. But, yeah, you know, I can't think that that's the thing that that age group doesn't surprise me at all that they feel lonely because I think you're still working out who you are. And mm. until you work out, like, who you are, I think it's difficult to make real strong connections with people because when you're a teenager, you try on different hats and stuff like that. I mean, God, when I was what sixteen to nineteen, I was a goth. Do you know what I mean? I'm not that anymore. Like like <laughs> like eyeliner, black nail varnish, the locks. That that's who I thought who I was. But mm. that was just me trying on different hats, as you would. Tr- tr- I was trying to figure out who I was at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something which which that's what I thought about kind of when you went through those stats. That's the first thing that kind of kind of crossed my mind at that age. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's. That's a really good point. I think when I was looking through the stats um, about the difference between women and men, that was a really interesting point for me uh, that stood out. Um, it made me think a little bit about the high rate of, of male suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know, we know from research that feeling very alone or alienated from people around you can be one factor that can increase the likelihood that you might take your own life. 
So I, I wonder if where men experience loneliness, a lack of social connections can mean that there's little to stop this from escalating. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just one thing that stood out for me anyway. Yeah, well, that's um, a really good point. If you look at the Thomas Joyner model of kind of suicidality, then that that's a big part of it, is that feeling like you don't belong is a massive, massive red light and a big warning sign, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Cool. So um, let's uh, let's move on from the stats now. Um, uh, so thinking a little bit more generally, um, do we think men maybe feel pressured not to show vulnerability or talk about difficult emotions? And, and can this increase feeling lonely? Um, w- what do we think about that one? Uh, should we go to Rob? Yeah, definitely. I think, and well, again, you know, the name of this podcast is Let's Talk Mate. Um, you know, this is, you know, it goes back to that, you know, you know, it goes back to that kind of age old problem, you know, that, yeah, we're, you have that, you know, I think men are, I don't know if we're still, if it's still a case that men are actively encouraged to do it so much in today's society, but that kind of historical kind of pressure maybe that we feel to, you know, to be the strong silent type, to carry on, you know, to, to hold it all in, you know, it's, and I, I think, yeah, that I think that is still a problem, you know, in our society. I think a lot of men do still struggle just to kind of, you know, to speak to speak openly about things. And you know, if you're with, you know, if you're with a bunch of your mates in the pub and you're having it, you know, you've all you've cut the drinks in, and you know, you want that might be the first time you've you've got together with them in a while how difficult must it be just to, if, you know, just to kind of bring up, say, by the way, mate, I'm, you know, I'm feeling really lonely. I'm feeling really low. I feel like I don't belong. I don't understand. You know, it's not an easy conversation to have. And, you know, we spoke about kind of, you know, that kind of, that relationship we would have with our friends. So it's very much when we get together, it's not about having deep conversations. It's very about, you know, it's banter. It, you know, you have a bit of banter, you have a laugh. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think yeah, there's, I think still there's probably a lot of a, a lot of men out there who really do struggle to kind of to open up, and especially maybe if and we spoke about you know being lonely or feeling lonely is doesn't necessarily mean you haven't got people around you. I'm thinking maybe but kind of fathers, the husbands, you know, if you know, there's and again this. Just thinking of the time of year if you know that pressure to be to be happy and make sure their kids have a good Christmas or if you know or if the family itself is going through a bit of a difficult time you know it kind of that maybe you've got that also of you know of the man being the strong one who kind of carries everything through and carries everyone else through so yeah I, I think that's definitely still something that we've got to work on and you know I think we just need to keep on encouraging you know, men of all ages to to speak up and just kind of find someone to talk to, even if it's just one person that you trust, you know, just to kind of, if you are feeling, you know, if you are feeling that low, you are feeling, like, uh, you know, like you don't belong, if you, you know, you're feeling that kind of, maybe not physical isolation, but that inner kind of sense of, you know, of isolation, you know, talk to someone about it. Mm. You know, I think, you know, it's always the first step is opening up and finding someone that you can talk to. Yeah, um, I think that's a really good point. Um, I, th- I think I think for me as well, w- when I think about vulnerability and, and talking about difficult emotions and how that relates to loneliness, um, it strikes me that men are often sort of encouraged to be quite competitive with each other um, and, and to be quite self-sufficient. So, but, you know, friendship kind of relies on vulnerability, you yeah. know, so if, if you can't be vulnerable with people, then you're not going to make meaningful connections with others. You're not going to be able to build those friendships. Hmm. So it seems to me like if, you, you know, vulnerability is, is like a prerequisite really for friendship. So wow. uh, unless, unless men can find ways to be more comfortable with that, they're putting themselves at risk of loneliness. Um, 
Dan, th- does that ring true for you? Have you got any other thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. Just thinking about it and I was just trying to formulate a response. Um, yeah. Because I think it's it's a really interesting time in history to be a man. I think yeah. that what what being a man is in 2021 is still being redefined from what it was 20 or 30 years ago. It, you know, and I think that we talked about a bit earlier, the 16, 24 year olds maybe not knowing who they are, but I think that's a bit of a epidemic among men at the moment. You know, go back 20, 30 years ago, it was often the man was a single breadwinner in the house. We can't really afford to do that anymore. <laughs> you, if you live in somewhere, you often need two incomes just to keep a roof over your head. Um, a lot of the things, a lot of, I know that kind of Rob was talking about pubs. Historically, mm-hmm. a pub was always seen as a very male space and now it's a very much a family space as well, which, which I don't think is a bad thing. It's just more of an observation. Um, and I think that, when we're looking at things like things like gender equality and this kind of thing at the moment, it's such an emotive subject. I don't think men always know where they fit in the world anymore. I think that will be still trying to, we've had this very carved out place in the world mm. and we've kind of moved away from that really for the betterment of our society. But I think men are now trying to find where they fit, which makes people feel lonely because you don't feel like you have a space that is yours anymore. And I think that's something which a lot of men are kind of trying to like, figure out where they fit in the world. Mm. Um, like, you know, did you see a lot of stuff online about things like the gender pay gap? Well, there's a lot of men on minimum wage who look at that and say, well, no, I'm not paid more because I'm a man. I'm on minimum wage. And I think that, yeah. that, that, that even that makes some men feel like, well, no, no, that's just not true because it because it isn't. Even though there's evidence there to suggest it is, but I kind of think that mm. it's that a lot of people don't really see where they fit in the world, and that makes things difficult. If you, like I said on a previous point, if you don't know where you fit in the world, then of course you're going to feel lonely. So you feel it's it's not built for you. It's not built for you to live and exist and thrive in. Um, I think men are struggling with that. Yeah, I think yeah, like, like you say, there's it. With any with any kind of change like that, mm. there's positives and negatives. And like you say, I, I think I think those traditional ideas about what it means to be a man, they still persist in certain ways. Yeah. But but I think I think they can be quite restrictive for a lot of people. So it's liberating in some ways that that things are changing and that there are mm. there are increasingly multiple different ways to be a man. I think. Mm. But you're absolutely right with that with that lack of a fixed um sort of cookie cutter model to follow maybe there's uncertainty that comes with that there's anxiety um yeah. a sense yeah. of insecurity exactly and they're things that men historically have always had they've always known their place in the world mm. it's good it's changing don't get me wrong i don't want to sound like i'm complaining about quality well yeah. really not but i kind of think that, that that is the there's people that are feeling left behind because of that they don't know where they fit mm. yeah mm. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a very I think that's a very fair point. It's yeah, it does. You know, the world has kind of changed. It's a very interesting time to be a man. And in the, as you say, kind of traditionally, what was it? You know, it the, that traditional view of you're a man, you go out, you're the breadwinner, you have a family. Um, you know, and I know, I know that's something that you know, I, and that is something that I could have struggled with personally for a number of years. When you know, when I wasn't. <laughs> working I was uh you know I was too unwell to work um I didn't have a family I didn't well you know I, I my own family you know I didn't have a partner I didn't have kids or anything you know I've now accepted that actually I'm not so fussed about having kids and that's fine mm. you know but yeah it's it is there's it's a very confusing time and yeah I think if you don't that's it it's finding it's, if you don't find, feel like you quite belong then it's yeah it's going to have a you know it is it's going to it's going to have that massive impact negative impact on your mental well-being hmm. oh so um th- this kind of leads quite neatly into the next the next point which is um do we think men sometimes struggle more than women to form friendships and meaningful relationships and if so why do we think that is Maybe I'll I'll start with Dan this time. Start, I'll start with me this time. Thank you. <laughs> I'll put you I on the spot there, Dan. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
do men struggle more to make meaningful relationships than women? Um, I think some men do. I think it's, I think some people do. I think it's, it is, um, it is hard to make connections. I always go back to when you're, it's not something that we're really taught to do as young boys. I don't think how to make connections. A lot of my mates as a kid were my mum's friend's children. We should take us around there and say, yeah, but this is Bill. He, he's, your, he's your friend now. And then you and Bill be mates forever. Um, and as you as they don't really get taught how to make these connections, I, I don't know if women do, that that might be something um, someone might be able to enlighten me on. I don't know if they have more natural skills or if they're taught better as kids to build relationships. I don't think men are great at it. To be mm. fair, I think like you're saying about being competitive, I think work environments are very yeah. competitive where you can make connections with your peers, but there's always that that kind of competition at the back of your mind of waiting for the next job to come up, the next big opportunity in an organisation. And yeah, I'm, I think like men by nature, we, we can be ultra competitive. Yeah. And, and like I say, I think it, it does feed into what we've talked about, about, you know, if, if you can't be vulnerable, Mm-hmm. Um, and if if society in various different ways is telling men they can't be vulnerable, then it's difficult to make those friendships. I think um, it is. I think it is. It is so hard. I, mean, I I grew up in Portsmouth, and I think that you know every school trip I went on as a kid was always to either the historic dockyard, to the D Day Museum, to the kind of kind of Royal Marines Museum we have in the city as well. Every school trip is based around war. Um, every statue is this big, this big burly soldier who's kind of very, very bravely given their life to be able to protect what we hold dear in this country. And I think that that's, um, I think that's something that really does. I think that sticks with you. I'm, I'm sure it happens in other cities as well, but I think especially in Portsmouth, everything you do as a kid is kind of highlights war, it highlights sacrifice, it highlights being a, what being a man is, and that's being able to stand on your own two feet and be able to fight. Um, and I think that that does get ingrained in young people a bit. That's what yeah. that's what men do. It's not about being vulnerable. It's about bravery. It's, it's about sacrifice. So it makes, does make me think of um, of one thing very quickly before I I move on to Rob. Um, and I'm I'm talking a, a little bit just off the top of my head. So I, I want to be careful and say that I'm not sure if this particularly affects men more than women. But it strikes me that men often make friendships in the context of institutions. Mm-hmm. So um, whether that's a place of work or a football team or, or something like that, and when that changes or if it no longer exists, then um, those friendships quickly dissolve away. And I, I wonder if women are better at holding onto friendships and making friendships more spontaneously outside of those institutions. I don't know if there's any sense in that, um, but it's just something that occurs to me now. Um, yeah, so Rob, Rob, what, what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I guess on that point you made there, I mean, I'm just, I just, when you said that, I just automatically, in my head, I was like, wow, well, okay, let's have a think about my closest friendship groups. Yeah. And, you know, and I think about that more, I actually like to my, uh, uh, of my like, closest friendship groups, uh, two of them I've met. I, you know, I met when I was at college, and still friends. To, we are still friends to this day, though. Thankfully, you know, and then people that they've met through work, etc. But yeah, it's it is a tro- it is tough. I think I, I do. I, I don't want to kind of put a definitive. I kind of don't want to put a definitive answer on the question because it is it is difficult and it is obviously it varies. You know, you have some some men who will be so outgoing and seem to be able to draw in. You know, they'll go out and they'll be able to draw in all these people and talk to anyone. And you know, and likewise, you know, you'll have, for example, women who really you know, who can't do that, men who can't do that. It's I, I but. Going back to what Dan said, I think, and again, you know, uh, also, you know, someone else who's, you know, who's grown up in Portsmouth, you know, that, yeah, there is that kind of atmosphere of like toughness, really, that kind of permeates in Portsmouth, really. And I do think maybe men can be more prone to certain behaviours that can make it more difficult. I think that's definitely, yeah. If, you know, and... 
you can still make friendships without, you know, really opening up to people on a deep level. But, you know, it's, yeah, to make those kind of really deep, rewarding friendships, yeah, it must be, you know, on some level, I would say it probably is tougher to maintain or make those if you're kind of, if, you know, if you feel you can't open up, if you can't kind of show vulnerability. I know... I, I know that with my friendships, I am my friend friends, I can show vulnerability in front of them. I have friends that I've, you know, I've had a, you know, when I've need when it's when I've needed to have a cry, and I know we're not meant to do that as men, but you know, when I've needed to have a cry in front of some friends, I've had, you know, I've sat there and just let it all out in front of them. And but but then I'm aware that, you know, a lot of people will find that, you know, will find that difficult. So I think, yeah, maybe we are, I would say maybe, in my opinion, I think men maybe can be more prone to those behaviours that just make it a little bit more difficult to to go out and make those friendships those or maintain them, you know. Or again, you know, going back to that earlier point, you could have, you could have lots and lots of friends that you talk to on a regular basis, but again, if you can't, you know, if you feel that you can't open up to any of them, you know, and you feel you can't show vulnerability with them, how that must, again, you know, that must feel incredibly hard. And I know there, were, there was a long time when I didn't feel I could open up to a lot of my friends. And it did exacerbate those feelings of loneliness. I was going out, I was seeing them every other weekend, you know, I was, you know, I was going to the football with them, I was going out to the pub with them, but, and you know, but for a long time, I couldn't talk about, you know, I, I, I couldn't talk about when I was struggling. It was, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And yeah, and I felt, and I just remember feeling sitting up, so I remember sitting in a pub with friends and feeling incredibly lonely in that moment, you know, when I, when I had them all literally around the table with me. That rings so true for so, me as well. Yeah. 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 There's some good points in there, Rox. So I think as well, I wonder, so we talk about men and maybe struggling to make, meaningful relationships and friendships a bit more of that i'm not sure how receptive men are to it to be honest either i'm not sure how receptive i don't know i can't i can't imagine a situation where i was in the pub with some friends and a random guy walked over and said look i'm feeling lonely can i come and sit with you of course you'd be welcome to come and sit with us but i can't imagine that there's no real social construct to say well this is how mm. this should play out this is how yeah. this should. so i don't really know how that would work even if someone was able to come and walk up to a, like a group of random lads somewhere and say, look, I'm feeling lonely. Can I come and hang out with you guys? I think most people would accept that in, but I don't, there's no, it doesn't fit the social construct that we live in, does it? Which is, which is probably wrong yeah. thinking about it, but I think you think, well, why is this going to sit with us? Who is he? Is he dangerous? Is he, like, is he a good person? Is he going to try to, like, you know, rob my phone off the table later? I think these are the things that a lot of men would think if that situation was presented to them. Yeah, it's difficult sometimes. I think if you're sitting there, if, if you're in that situation and, and you are the person feeling lonely, it can feel um, it can feel daunting and it, it can feel unclear about how to go about changing that because the chances are you're already doing things with people. You, you'll be coming across people at some point in your life, um, whether that's through work or, or even just going out in the community, getting shopping and things like that. And the, the fact that you feel lonely might be quite confusing and it, it might be quite difficult to identify. You know, it's like, why, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel disconnected from people? Because I'm, you know, I am surrounded by them all the time. Mm. And like you say, that there's no obvious script about how to feel better and how to actually work on that feeling of loneliness and make those those meaningful connections and, and like you say you know dan i i don't think boys are particularly taught you know mm. um I, I don't think we're parented in a, in a way generally that that encourages us to that gives us the skills to make those lasting friendships in a, in a really effective way um i keep going back in my mind um so uh, one of our colleagues, Royston, who's been on the podcast before, he's not with us today, obviously. Uh, I keep on remembering him saying, you know, in he had he made this point that, you know, in a lot of ways, it does seem that maybe, you know, girls, you know, at a young age, women, you know, and girls are maybe kind of taught more to kind of 
they I don't know if it's that they're tall more or they are they just but they just seem to develop a better kind of knack of of talking and communicating and being open and whereas with with young with young lads it that doesn't seem to quite mm. come through in the same way and I think yeah that's there is some it's very it's very hard thing to put it's very hard yeah. thing to you know, put my finger on it and define why that happens but I think there is definitely there's an argument that there is a case that there is a case um again I don't know if it's getting better with you know the younger generations you know coming up now but I think yeah I think certainly I think I was told that you know I saw that you don't you're nodding away that that you know for probably pe- people with you know of our age you know that <laughs> you know it was the thing you there's yeah we just didn't really I don't know about you but I just didn't really kind of talk about this stuff when I was young it's there was very certain topics that were kind of off the table you know I spoke about being able to cry with one of my friends you know mm-hmm. I can do that now you know there's a lot of people though who probably still but if I did if I said to them what well, I need to have a bit of a cry in front of you they'd probably run a mile you know who wants to see a big six foot four bearded bloke have a you know, break down and cry in front of them. I don't think many people would. I think that's our perception of men. Yeah. I think that's our perception of men more than that's how we think people are going to react to having this big six foot four lovable bear of a big beard crying. I think most people around you would want to support you through that, but you're right. It's not, unless you feel safe to do it, you're, you're mm. going to think, well, they don't want to see that. They don't want to be involved yeah. in that. I need to do this on my own, which again is going to make you feel lonely because I don't feel like you belong anywhere. Um, I think we've all done that. That's not a criticism of you, by the way. I think we've all done that. That's the thing, isn't it? Is that, you know, I think most people would. If anyone, yeah, I work in mental health, but if anyone in my circle or friends said, look, I just need to come and see you and have a cry for an hour, that, that, they'd be welcome to. But it's never happened. Uh, but I kind of think that that's because as men, but we don't think, do you know what? I need to go and have a good cry with someone and have someone give me a hug, pat me on the back and say, it'll be all right, mate. That's, because sometimes that's all you need. You need a good cry. You need someone who you like and respect to say, mate, you got this and you'll get through it. That's what yeah. you need. But you won't go out and seek it because that is really embarrassing. and makes you quite vulnerable as a guy. I think that's hidden nail there. Mm-hmm. Actually, on the head, I think it's you know, I know, I, I know there are people that I can do that with, yeah. you know, and I know there are friends, I know any of my, I know any of my close friends, you know, would, you know, mm-hmm. if they would be there in a shot, if they, you know, if they mm-hmm. knew I was really struggling, or you know, I know they'd be willing to sit with me, you know, but I think, yeah, that's the thing, even though I know that I've still got that kind of little thing in the back of my head that all, oh, you know, no one's going to want to do that, no one's going to want to see this, see that, and I think. That's maybe again what maybe that that is what's holding back and keeping you know a lot of men maybe in you know feeling that that you know feeling that crushing loneliness maybe that you know because we're telling we're telling ourselves oh I'm not meant, I'm a big bloke I'm not meant to cry no one's gonna oh you know we're telling ourselves no one's gonna want to see that or I'm gonna get told to man up or you know but I think that's anxiety for you isn't it then, yeah. I mean yeah. for me that's anxiety in a nutshell if you're ever feeling low or or depressed even if you don't really have a anxiety diagnosis i think any low mood or low self-esteem will come with a touch of anxiety anyway and that touch of anxiety is that bit that's going to tell you that people don't want to see me cry and people don't want to see that people don't get involved it's anxiety it's because you're worried about what the reaction will be when you make that call to someone when you call someone up and say look i'm in a real bad place can you come and see me please the anxiety is telling you that they they don't care they don't want to hear it they're going to see you as being a burden um, and why should I have to deal with it? But that's, that's anxiety in a nutshell. And it keeps you in this perpetual loop, going round and round in a circle, because you know you need to reach out and speak to someone, but that, but that thing that's making you feel that way is, is working against you in a, such a heavy way. It's something you know, don't do that. That's the worst thing you can do. Um, and yeah. that makes you feel more anxious, and then that stops you sleeping because you're worried about that all night. You're not... And, and then trying to regulate any emotion when you're anxious and sleepy is, is really difficult. It's difficult to do when you're feeling well, let alone when you're feeling rough. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. So, yeah. I'm really glad you've mentioned that point there, Dan, about um, worrying about being a burden. Mm. Cause I, I think that's almost, that ties into the thing around vulnerability as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think 
because it... that's the next big circle on on Thomas Joyner's kind of model for suicide is burdenness. Absolutely. Well, you know? And you put all these things together, and you can really see you see why we do have a problem in this country with men taking their lives at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Brilliant. Well, I think we're coming to coming towards the end of the episode this month. But before we tie things up, uh, a final question for you both. Um, obviously, this time of year many men who may be single or not have families might be feeling more lonely than usual. So what would you say to any men watching or listening today who are feeling especially lonely and low due to the time of year? So I think if I could, if I could just like steam in on this. One, <laughs> so I mean, this does kind of ring very true to me. Um, so I mentioned, so in the last, in the previous episode, or in the live stream episode, you know, I mentioned about, you know, so I've, I lost a partner uh, to suicide a number of years ago back. And it was kind of, it was kind of just after Christmas period, you know, maybe like early February. But, you know, in all the years following that, again, even though I was spending it with my family, I felt incredibly lo- lonely and isolated at times, you know, because, you know, I'd had, you know, I'd had, before the partner died, uh, we'd had our first kind of proper Christmas together. You know, it's big family Christmas. You know, I could, you know, I could, I cooked dinner for about nine, ten people. Uh, it was brilliant. Um, I didn't have to do the washing up. That was what was also brilliant about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's, and I think you know, and then I really struggled with Christmas and years following that because you know there is, and we spoke about it earlier. You all the advertising you see it's all kind of focused around kind of families and his aunt and kids and you know and yeah I found it I found it extremely difficult uh, I think one of the ways I did cope was and especially for maybe people who for single men who are maybe spending it with you know their parents or siblings or whatever you know I you know don't don't feel guilty if you have to take yourself off for a bit and just kind of have some time to yourself. Um, don't feel guilty about saying to people and just saying, look, it's Christmas. I struggle with this. You know, there's almost like, and I kind of used to refer to it as, a, as an enforced, jolly, uh, enforced jolliness around this time of year, a pressure that we all feel to be, you know, in this very... And it's very easy to feel that pressure that even if you're not feeling it to be like, oh, I've got to be That's exactly you know, right, isn't cheerful. it? I've got to take part. It's like, <laughs> actually, it's okay to give yourself that time. It's okay to feel miserable. You know, it's it's understandable. You know, again, talk to people, even if it's just, you know, one or two people you trust. To, you know, make sure you give yourself the time that you need. Be kind to yourself put yourself first I think it's I know that sounds very kind of generic almost uh, advice but I think that is for me that's the key it's you know don't be afraid to put yourself first and yeah try and please don't feel guilty if you really do struggle this time of year especially if you are single or if you're on your own I mean if you are on your own I know we've spoken about you know the resources that are out there maybe you know have a you know have a quick kind of look you know, if you've got social media accounts or, you know, internet, have a quick look to see if what app is out there. There's lots of, you know, I actually kind of, I know COVID has had a bit of a hit on things, but, you know, there might well be things open on Christmas Day where you can go if you are feeling lonely, you know, or, you know, or, or numbers that you can call. Um, but yeah, that, so, I mean, that's, I guess that's not really kind of advice really, but yeah, just don't be hard on yourself. <laughs> you know, put yourself first. So I feel like that was a bit of a rambling answer there. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. And I, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that idea about Christmas being almost like the the ultimate planned fun event. <laughs> yeah. And we yeah. all know planned fun is the worst kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a good point there, Rob. My favourite Christmas movie is A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Every yes. every Christmas Eve, me and my wife watch that of a, a bit of hot chocolate. When you think about the character 
of Ebenezer Scrooge, here's another lonely older gentleman who's taught, if you embrace Christmas, everyone will, everyone will be your mate. That's effectively what happens. He's taught in that film, embrace Christmas, get the Christmas spirit, and then everyone will be mates with you after that. Um, and yeah, life doesn't quite work that way. I still love the movie. I can't I can't have a go at Muppets Christmas Carol. I mean, I've got to leave Kermit out of this, but I think that, yeah, that's a good point that, that that, that it is enforced fun it's you will have a good time you will be merry you will be jolly and you will have a great time um and it's okay not to but I, I think to your kind of to your question the best advice i'll give to someone at this time of year who's lonely as 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 cheesy as it sounds would be just to reach out my message to people that are listening to this on their own on christmas day or over the holidays is you're worthwhile you're valued you're loved and there's a place for you in our society and our community. Um, and I'll do anything I can to encourage people to reach out and speak to people about how they're feeling. Yeah. You are worth it. Believe me, we've all been there. You're worth it and you're valued to us. Um, and if that means reaching out to someone in your social circle, please really, really do. Um, if that's not an option, then reach out to us at Solar Mind. And if you're out of our catchment area, then look at the other local minds in your area. There'll be a local mind, whatever part of the country you're in, there'll be a local mind that works in your in your neck of the woods. Reach out to them. They'll talk. They'll talk to you. They might be able to signpost or support or do anything. But, you know, just remember that you are really valued and that you're loved yeah. and that we want you as part of our community, no matter who you are. Yeah. That's really yeah, reach out to someone, talk to someone. Mm -hmm. You know, there's... There are people there, there are services there, you know. And the, I think sometimes people will be surprised by just how much how receptive people will be to mm -hmm. kind of listening. So and you know, and uh, oh, and you know, so if someone offers you that hand of support, please take it. Brilliant. Wise words from you both there. Great. So I think that's an excellent place for us to leave it for today. Um so before we leave you, brief reminder of the various support options that are out there this Christmas. Uh, we've got the Solent Mine support line um, contactable on 02380 179049. Again, that's 02380 179049. We've got the Samaritans on 116123. Again, that's 116123. And finally, a reminder that your local GP is also a great resource of information and referrals to a variety of services that can help with mental health and well-being. So thank you very much to our sponsor, Novatech, for helping to make this podcast a reality. And thank you very much to today's guests. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. And uh, happy Christmas, everyone. And thank you, Dan. Yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great Christmas if you can. And on behalf of, um, of Solent Mind, to all of our listeners, I wish you a Merry Christmas and thanks for listening. <laughs>